Hey, what's going on, you guys? So I wanted to send you guys a quick little message here before we get the show going. I just got back from the dog park with Roxy. And uh, for any of you guys who've been listening to the podcast for a little bit now, you know that I have a German Shepherd, Roxy, and uh, you guys know I love her so much. And as any other pet owner, any other dog owner knows, you know, the health and well-being of their pet is incredibly important to them. So as I look into my health and the types of foods I eat and the type of supplements I need to take to live my best life, I'm also looking out for my Roxy girl. So when I start looking into Sierracil and I start taking Sierracil for myself, I take Joint Formula 14, I also saw that Sierracil has a product for dogs as well too. They have Sierracil in soft dog chews. And when I asked Michael Bentley, the CEO of Sierra Sil, about this product, he told me all about this product and told me a few stories about dogs who have taken this product and how they just have a bounce back in their step again. So my Roxy girl is, you know, she's a little bit younger, but she's a German Shepherd and she's prone to hip dysplasia, as a lot of German Shepherds are. So I'm very concerned about her hips and her health, and, and I want to make sure that she has the right supplementation to help her. So recently, I started no- noticing as she's getting older, you know, her hips are getting a little bit stiffer. So I started to introduce the Sierra Sil Soft Dog Chews, and she loves them. It's like a treat. And uh, what I noticed after three weeks, she was getting up with more spring in her step. After we'd go to the dog park and she'd run around for an hour, she didn't slow down anymore. So not only am I a believer in Joint Formula 14 for myself, but also my Roxy girl. She takes soft dog chews, um, which also contains the natural ingredient Sierracil, which comes in the form of the soft dog chew as well, too. So it's not only for humans, but it's for your best friend as well, too, your dog. So if you guys are curious, if you're like me, you want to make sure that you're giving your dog the best type of supplementation, go to sierrasil.com, go to the Our Products section and scroll down to Soft Dog Chews. They have a really good video there with Michael Bentley himself. I've talked a lot about Michael and in coming weeks, you'll be able to hear from Michael, uh, but you'll actually be able to hear from him and see him in this video as well too. And I'd highly recommend that you guys go check it out. But definitely, definitely, definitely try the Sierrasil 14-day challenge today. And if you don't notice better mobility and less stiffness in you or your dog, they will give you your money back, 100% guaranteed. So when buying online, all you need to do is use the coupon code CUTTHECRAP, all one word, and you get 15% off. Nice and easy. So go to sierrasil.com. That's S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L.com. That's sierrasil.com. Filler in business books and audiobooks takes up time that you don't have. You're here because you want the golden nuggets from each book. Without all the BS. The more you learn, the more power you have to affect the world around you. This is the Cut the Crap Podcast. Never read a book again. And here's your host, Ryan Calagiri. Hey, what's going on, you guys? Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Cut the Crap Podcast, where week after week, I make sure you never have to read another business book again because I'm doing all that dirty work for you, and I'm bringing you the result of all that dirty work week after week on the show. So thank you so much to every single one of you who continue to reach out to me. Like I said from previous episodes, it always means a lot to hear from you guys who are listening to the podcast, who are making it a part of your routine. I put in 20 plus hours every single week reading books, making notes on them, recording the podcast, editing the podcast, marketing the podcast. It's just, it's a lot of work. 
So it's really nice to hear from you guys because, I mean, that's the fuel that keeps me going. And so it really means a lot to me that you guys reach out and uh, you let me know what you guys think about the show. So thank you so much to everybody. I got a really nice message. I got to call her out. Uh, Kathy Rodriguez from Chicago. It really means a lot to me that you reached out to me and you told me about how you're using the podcast, how the podcast is a part of your Monday morning routine now. It's just it's awesome to hear that stuff. I absolutely love it. And, you know, Neil Hopkins from the United Kingdom, thank you so much for reaching out to me as well, too. I can't wait to have you on the podcast as well, too, as a guest. It's just, um, you know, guys, every single week when I hear from you guys, it just makes this whole damn thing worth it. It really is. So thanks so much. Keep it up. Keep reaching out to me through LinkedIn, Twitter. Hit me up on the website, whatever works for you guys. All right, guys, so this week we have a book that was recommended to me a couple of times, and we're kind of going a little bit more niche on this one, focusing on IT companies. The book by Raj Kara, The IT Marketing Crash Course, How to Get More Clients for Your Technology Business. So what's this book about? The IT Marketing Crash Course will help you grow your technology business, period. If you provide managed services, web and mobile application development, software development, cybersecurity, or network services, this book will show you how to generate more qualified leads and close more sales. And that's directly off the jacket of the book itself too. So I won't get too much into this book until the end. I'll just break right into the golden nuggets and then uh, I'll talk a little bit more about this once we go through it. So let's jump right into this one, you guys. Golden nugget number one. Know what you sell and who you sell to. What do you know is a question that may seem simple at first and something everyone needs to know the answer to if you're going to run a successful business. But companies in the technology space aren't great at answering this question. The author talks about an experience he had when he posed this question to a group of entrepreneurs at a conference. He received answers like web design, managed services, network management, software development, The problem with those answers is that they're so vague. Being vague doesn't work because to sell as effectively as you possibly can, you need to be absolutely clear about what you offer in the most specific sense possible. The marketplace demands specialists in today's competitive marketplace, definitely not generalists. So for example, if you wanted to have a garage built, would you go to a general contractor or would you go to someone that specializes in building garages? The obvious choice in almost all cases is to go with the specialists that have a reputation for deep expertise in a particular area. So if your firm hasn't yet chosen a specialty, this is step one. Next, you need to know who specifically buys your products and services because this will focus your communications around who to talk to and whose needs and wants you're trying to fulfill. So for example, Jeff Losapio, CEO of ThreatSim, a company that helps businesses in dealing with spam attacks, found that within large organizations, the buyer was the employee responsible for threat assessments. Makes sense. Once he figured that out, He got the opportunity to market more specifically to these people and talk to these specific people about what they cared about, not what the CEO cared about, not what the CIO cared about, not what the director of IT cared about. No, he wanted to ensure that he was talking to the right person and wanted to know exactly who that specific person was and what they cared about. That way he can tailor his sales messages, his marketing messages, and his strategy around that point. All right, so what can we take away from this golden nugget? First, 
get out of the vague vacuum. You have to get out of the vague vacuum. There's too many of you out there right now that are positioning your company as one that is extremely vague. And the reason you do that is because you believe that by keeping yourself broad and fairly general, that you open yourself up to more opportunities. It's actually not true. What that does is it actually hurts you in the long run because you don't get known for something in particular. You get known for a lot of things, but you don't really go deep in those areas. So when people really want an expert in a specific area, they're going to go with somebody that specializes in that area. So if you're in the web design space, you need to shift from being just a generic website development company to a company that specializes in a particular industry. So we specialize in developing websites for manufacturing companies that want to achieve you know, XYZ. If you don't want to specialize by industry, you don't have to. There's many other options. You could specialize based on the needs of the market. So for example, you can build websites for companies that want to become thought leaders. So you could go out there with a message that says, we are specialists at creating websites for companies that have a thought leadership strategy to execute. There's multiple different ways that you can specialize that you can get out of that vague space. You need to become known for something specific. And by doing that, it ensures your message penetrates through the marketplace and it makes you more memorable. It makes you more sticky. Remember last week, we talked about made to stick. This right here is breaking you down to a more concrete slogan. Remember, concrete was one of those ways that you can make your message stick. So definitely keep this point in mind, you guys. Get out of the vague vacuum. And when you're trying to go out there to market, you got to know what you sell and who specifically you sell it to. Golden nugget number two, create a clear message that's easily repeatable. So now that you've figured out what you sell from the perspective of your specialty and who your buyer is, you need to spread that message far and wide to make sure the market knows who you are. Because for somebody to buy from you, they need to know you, they need to like you, and they need to trust you. So first step is getting people to know you. Before you start thinking about your go-to-market plans, you need to get the basics done. You need that time-tested elevator pitch in your back pocket ready to go. An elevator pitch, for anyone who doesn't know, is a 30-second or less clearly stated description about what you do and who you help. This is your opportunity to captivate your audience and have them asking more questions, but it's also an opportunity for you to demonstrate your expertise and your level of specialization in a particular area. So just as you need to get more specific in understanding your area of specialty, you need to also bring that same level of specificity to talking about what you do. So for example, if you're a software company, you don't want to go to market and tell people that, hey, we're a software company, we develop custom applications for companies that want a competitive edge and want a quality product. That's boring. Everybody's saying that. You need to get more specific. You have to compel me. You have to compel the prospect. So instead, why don't you try something like, you know, we're a software company that builds new sources of revenue and competitive advantage for companies that have ideas and tight budgets. For example, we built a newsletter tool for a company that wanted to communicate more effectively with their customers to generate repeat business. This was so successful that it was already generating revenue after its first month of implementation. I'd love to tell you more about how we can do the exact same thing for you if you're interested. That, to me, is far more compelling. It's far more concrete. Now, you know what? Custom software development, it's kind of generic. I don't really quite get it, but you gave me a good story. Very brief example. Made it more concrete. I was able to visualize that in my head. That sticks. That's cool. I like that as an elevator pitch. 
So whatever you do, the purpose of your elevator pitch is to convince your prospect, your customer, that what you do is valuable and worth their time to pay attention to you. So you definitely want to ensure that you're putting some time, some energy, some effort into your elevator pitch because it's something that's going to bleed into everything. Whether it's sales, marketing, account management, it's going to be a valuable tool that you use to capture the attention of your marketplace and get them asking you more questions. All right, so any takeaways from this? I mean, for the most part, it's fairly self-explanatory. A lot of you already know that you need to have an elevator pitch in hand. The question is, do you have one? And do you have one that's actually good? I'd highly recommend you go back to last week's episode on uh, Made to Stick. I do believe there's elements of that that you should incorporate into your elevator pitch. But also don't forget about episode 12 where we cover the book Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Starting with why is obviously a great way for you to start off your elevator pitch. So why do you do what you do? And then talk about how you do what you do and then what you do. By incorporating elements from those two books, I really do believe that you can come up with a really great elevator pitch. So if you're up to the challenge and you want to try to craft a new elevator pitch based on some of the principles, some of the golden nuggets from Made to Stick or from the book Start With Why by Simon Sinek, I'd be more than happy to take a look at it for you. Just throw me a quick email with your elevator pitch. I'll give it a quick read and I'll send you some feedback to you and uh, I hope that it can be of value to you. So I'm giving you guys this opportunity to uh, connect with me. And uh, again, let me know what your elevator pitch looks like. I'd be more than happy to take a look at it for you. In fact, I look forward to it. So don't hesitate to get in touch with me if you are crafting an elevator pitch and you just want another pair of eyes on it. Golden nugget number three. Oh boy. Leverage your network and ask a lot of questions. So how many of you are tasked with calling prospective clients? Chances are, if you're in a sales role, if you are an entrepreneur, if you're a CEO, it's probably you. Now, how often do you ever get callbacks? Chances are you get them infrequently. And why is that? It's because you're a complete stranger to them. And it's ingrained in their minds not to talk to strangers because they don't know you. So the only way to avoid this, according to the author, is by making a connection through what he calls a live lead. This one was new even for me. A live lead is when you find out that a prospect in your pipeline is looking for a provider to fill a need that you can't fill. However, if you do know someone who can fill that need, you'll pass that lead on to your potential client to begin adding value and building a relationship. So if you know that company A, that's a website company and you're a law firm, if you know that company A is looking for uh, an accountant, well, you clearly can't be an accountant for them, but you do know an accountant, so you make a recommendation for them. So once you're in and adding value, the author suggests this is the best time to begin asking questions and a lot of them to begin understanding how you and your firm can add value. So the reason I gave you a nice little oh boy at the beginning of this one, because I hate this one. I really do hate this. I think this one is, uh, it's a little ridiculous and something's not adding up for me here. Sure, that's definitely one way to do it. But in my opinion, if you have the intel to understand that they're looking for a provider in a certain area then shouldn't you have the ability to find out information if you have the ability to add value yourself? Why are you finding out if they need an accountant or a web, web design company? I mean, if you're already that inside the company that you're getting that kind of information, you should already know essentially the fact that you can add value or not, right? I mean, it just doesn't add up for me. So anyways, it's neither here nor there. If you're trying to get in the door with people through connections, there's a couple other ways you can do it. In fact, there's a lot of different ways you can do that. I'll cover two ways right now. One is to utilize LinkedIn. 
see who your connections, your prospects are connected to and approach those connections and ask them questions about the person you're trying to get in touch with. So what do I mean by that? Let me clarify that one a little bit more for you. Um, let's just say you're going after a CEO, John Smith, and you notice that Jane Smith is connected to John and you know Jane really well. So you go to Jane and you ask Jane for a recommendation or um, a connection. So you say, you know what, Jane, uh, I'm trying to get in touch with John. You know John. Would you mind making a, uh, um, a connection for us and just uh, a brief email introduction? And if Jane says, great, then perfect. There's a great way for you to make the connection. The challenge with this, though, is that a lot of you using LinkedIn, you've just accepted so many people and you don't know the majority of the people that are actually connected to you on LinkedIn. So this approach is hot or cold. Um, I find that a lot of people actually aren't able to use this because they just accepted everybody. And so when they see that there's mutual connections, uh, it's really not relevant because you don't know that person that well either. So uh, unfortunately, this one doesn't work in a lot of cases. But if you can leverage it, 100% use this one because I've used this one a multitude of times and it works brilliantly. This is one of the best things out of LinkedIn because you can see who's connected to who and you can get referrals. LinkedIn for myself was a referral engine because of that. I could see that some of my best friends and some of my best customers were connected to prospects that I was trying to get in touch with. So instead of me doing a whole bunch of direct marketing, I just asked them for a connection and said, hey, could you talk a little bit about what I do and how I helped you or how I help people that you know and just make a connection for me? And they always said yes, always said yes. And so to me, LinkedIn was a gold mine, a gold mine. And so maybe this is a good call to action for you to maybe clean up your contact list a little bit more to make your LinkedIn a little bit more um, uh, usable for you. So that's one way. Another way to build connections is to join groups where those people hang out. Very simple. Join boards or the most popular clubs in your city and just begin growing a network of friends who can be potential connectors for you. So I know that none of this is really all that insightful. But sometimes, I mean, the answers you're looking for are sometimes some of the most simplest things you can do. Golden nugget number four, create an effective website, blog, and get social to reach prospects. So how will you grab the attention of potential customers with your marketing and how will your market find you? First step is to build an effective website for your business. Now, when building a website, don't make a number of common mistakes such as creating brochureware sites or not providing educational material. Creating brochureware sites, I mean, those sites, they're developed solely from printed material that lives online. There's nothing special about it. Websites like this fail to engage people simply because they're just so simple and they look unprofessional. They just don't work. Second big mistake when people build websites, they don't share educational content online. Your website should feature educational posts, case studies, whatever, other informative content because your potential customers came to you looking for useful information that can solve their problems. And if it's not there, then you're not adding value and they're moving on. So make sure you're providing educational content and insights through your website. Now, the author also suggests that we need to use social media to engage our audience and use social media as a broadcast for our blog posts. All right, guys. I mean, I had to share this golden nugget with you guys because it made up a significant piece of the book, but it's so simple. It's painful. This one drove me nuts. And this is one of the things that I'm trying to debate with. 
I was asked by a lot of you uh, who listen to analyze this book. And it's killing me because this book is terrible. It's terrible. This Golden Nugget would be applicable to me if it was 2000. If it was 2003, then sure, great. Thank you so much for this. It's a little bit more insightful. But it's 2016 and this book was published a few years ago. Why is this even relevant today? Who published this book? Who published this? Seriously, it's terrible. Create an effective website blog and get social to reach prospects and use social media to engage your audience by using it as a broadcasting channel for your blog posts? Are you kidding me? That's even a terrible way to use social media. It's a glorified RSS feed if that's what you're using it for. It's awful. Seriously, it's terrible. Shame on Raj Kara for putting this in there. Technology companies who are reading this book, they want to know how to grow their company. They want to know how to generate leads. They want to know how to generate sales. They want to know how to market effectively. And if they come to this book, they're not getting that. They're just not getting that. And I waste my time reading this book. And I'm sorry if I'm wasting your time. I'm really sorry if I'm wasting your time with this. But at the same time, I feel like I need to give this book to you. I need to present the book to you. And then I can talk about it afterwards. I can talk about what I like, what I don't like about it. But I'm kind of blowing up here a little bit with this one because I'm I'm losing patience right now because I spent time reading this book, time making notes on it. And I sat here tossing it up in my head saying, should I even offer this book on the podcast? Should I even do it? I felt like I should because you're out there right now perhaps thinking to yourself, hey, if you're an IT company, you might want to listen to this book and say, you know, this book talks directly to me. It's, an, it's talking about IT companies. I'm an IT company and they're telling me how to grow. I want to grow. So I'm trying to save you time and money from not having to do that yourself. So I know I'm kind of going on a little bit of a rant right here, but it pisses me off that people get book deals like this that just spit such ridiculous information out here. There was no depth to this one. There was no insightful strategy. It was so basic that it's actually infuriating me. So on that note, let's crack into the next bonus nugget. All right, so this bonus nugget is about understanding the different languages of social media. This bonus nugget is brought to you by Modern Earth Web Design. The way you interact with your customers has changed. Traditional forms of marketing are not as effective as they once were. Are you doing enough to keep pace with your competition? Modern Earth Web Design are experts at online marketing and can help you lead the way in your industry with active blog and social media management, ongoing search engine optimization, and targeted pay-per-click campaigns on Facebook, Twitter, Google, and more. Visit modernearth.net to set up a no-obligation consultation to see what online marketing can do for you and your website. modernearth.net, solutions for an online world. All right, so let's get some value here for crying out loud. How do we speak the different languages of each social network to get the best response? So if you're doing what Raj suggests and you're sharing links to your website and your blog content on social media, you got to take the time to tailor your message to the platform because each platform has a different level of expectation assigned to it. LinkedIn users, for example, they're looking for business relevant information. So the folks at Modern Earth want you to think about stats, statistics that your listeners, that your audience, that they can keep in their back pocket and use at the perfect moment. So if you're on LinkedIn, maybe consider pulling out some statistics. Twitter users, they're looking for fast snippets of information and news so they can stay up to date with goings on in the world without taking up a huge portion of their day. So share with them small little tidbits of information. You might want to take bits and pieces, little sound bites 
from your blog post and share them through Twitter and keep people up to date in terms of what's going on in the world. Facebook users, they are primarily looking for things that are lighthearted and fun and they want to be the first to share it with all their friends. So this is a good opportunity for you to really put some fun videos on there, make something that's a little bit more lighthearted, something that's fun, something that's interesting. This is a great way for marketing departments to really exercise some creativity. And I've seen a lot of professional service firms, technology firms especially, get really fun with Facebook video. And Facebook video is blowing up right now. So definitely utilize Facebook and leverage Facebook video to share some of your more lighthearted posts. Instagram, it's all about the visuals with Instagram. Catch the user's attention and leave them feeling better, more inspired, happier, or focused than before they came across your message. This is a great opportunity for you to exercise some Photoshop skills, or if you're somewhat of an inspirational person, you have some quotes, you have some stories to tell in 60 seconds or less, you might want to do it using Instagram video as well too. So the next time you're posting on different social networks, don't use the same message on all the social channels. People use different platforms because they like their different messaging formats. So if you are signed up to Buffer or Hootsuite or TweetDeck or what have you, and you just do a generic blast across all social networks, maybe stop doing that because it's a different context within each social media platform. The audience attached to each social network has a different expectation with each one. So give them the best message that has the greatest opportunity of spreading. No, it's actually funny. As I was saying this golden nugget, this popped in my head. I don't know why I didn't think about this earlier, but uh, The Thank You Economy by Gary Vaynerchuk. I think that was episode 17. And The Thank You Economy talks a lot about how many social networks have a specific context attached to it and how we really need to think deeper about how we utilize each social network. So, so I'd highly encourage you to go back to episode 17 and also take that episode in because it'll also give you a little bit more understanding about how to use the different social networks to your advantage as well too. But thank you so much to Modern Earth for this bonus golden nugget. Very much appreciate them uh, adding value to this podcast. Last but certainly not least, well, maybe not least, but we haven't been shooting pretty high anyways, but you know what I mean. Anyways, golden nugget number five, change your opinion on marketing. Far too many executives in technology companies, they look at marketing as an expense and one that doesn't bear fruit. Now, I actually agree with this because I do have a lot of experience working with CEOs in technology companies, and it is very true. Very true. A lot of CEOs in technology companies and executives, they just don't believe in marketing. Now, the author suggests that executives in technology companies, they need to stop looking at marketing expenses as just another cost to the business. Instead, he says, they need to think of marketing as an investment. And while all businesses look at every dime they make as potential profit and every dime they spend as an expense, marketing is different. Investments in marketing are necessary if you want to grow your business. All right, so that by itself is a very brief golden nugget from the author. Thanks for that one. But it is true. And I'll share with you a story here. There's two companies two technology companies that I will not mention because uh, I know some people who work at these technology companies are subscribers to the show. So I'll keep this generic. Uh, one technology company, their CEO absolutely disagrees with the idea of marketing. So when I started working with that company, oh man, I think this was about 10 years ago. They did not believe in marketing. And I worked my butt off to try and get him to believe in some level of marketing. And then I got through. 
and they invested in some level of marketing. But then, you know, I left and I, I went on from the company and they stopped it. They stopped doing what they're doing. Where are they now today? <laughs> today, they're losing employees hand over fist. Their revenues are down. I talk to people still that were in that organization or still are in that organization and things look very sad. Their balance sheet looks very sad. They're losing money every single month. Prospects aren't coming in. Things are just not good for that company. And I feel terrible for the people in that company because I had such great times there. I really did. And to hear how crappy it is there now, I mean, it's, it's, it's really unfortunate. Another company, Company B I worked with, they do believe in marketing. Okay, again, technology company. And they invest heavily in marketing. Now, where are they at today? Because of their philosophy in marketing, they've built up a great brand for themselves. And because of that, the marketplace goes to them for specific needs. And when they have problems, they go to them as well too. And because of that, their pipeline is full. Now, two companies that are in the exact same market that do something very similar, how can they be so different? It's because one invests in marketing and the other one doesn't. And the best way that I can describe this to you guys is like a farmer. A farmer plants their seeds not to feed themselves immediately. Okay, They know that they're going to plant their seed now because it's going to feed them next season. So they plant their seed. They nurture it. They continue to nurture it over and over and over again because they know that if they stop, it's going to stop growing. So they continue to put time, effort, and investment in it even though they haven't seen any seeds sprouting yet. When they do see a seed sprouting, they don't pull it out all of a sudden and see to make sure if the roots are good. No, they just continue to water it. They continue to give it fuel. And eventually, those seeds grow into a big, luscious field that not only feeds the farmer, it feeds the farmer's family, it feeds the farmer's family's family, and it feeds the farmer's community. And it's the exact same thing in marketing, you guys. When it comes to marketing, you have to make the investment, but you have to be patient. People aren't ready to buy because they, chances are they don't know you, they don't like you, they don't trust you, and it takes months and months to build up that kind of brand equity, that kind of trust equity. You need to build that up. There was a study done about three years ago that asked all professional service firms, which technology companies were included in that list, how many of you grew through certain tactics? And the certain tactics, the top three were what? Number one, referrals from clients. Surprise, surprise. Number two, referrals from other service providers. Again, not really a surprise. What was number three? Number three was from top of mind awareness that's generated through marketing. And while referrals only last so long, they really do, you need to generate top of mind awareness with your own marketing. And while you may not see it bear fruit right now, just remember the story of the farmer you have to plant those seeds and you have to nurture them. Sometimes it might take you a year before you see it. But just like anything in life, you got to be patient. It comes, but only comes through hard work, through dedication, and through continuous nurturing. I mean, if you're overweight and you go into the gym next week, do you expect to have six-pack abs two months from now, three months from now, four months from now? No, you're going to have six-pack abs maybe a year from now, maybe a year and a half, two years from now. But you're going to get there if you keep working at it. Same is true with marketing. All right, you guys, so there is the IT Marketing Crash Course, How to Get Clients for Your Technology Business by Raj Kara. Guys, I'm sorry about this one. I really am sorry about this. This to me is a problem and it's something new that I'm experiencing with the podcast. Um, if I read a book and it's crappy, it's just terrible, what do you guys want me to do about it? 
Like, do you want me to share it with you guys in the podcast? Do you want me to just cut it out and not share it? Um, I don't know. What do you guys want me to do with this one? Because to me, I was challenged with this one because I read it and I, I, I was kind of pissed off reading because I said there really wasn't anything here. So I tried to put my positive cap on and say, hey, you know what? Maybe there's something in here that somebody might appreciate. Or maybe people will just be happy the fact that I'm sharing it and now they don't have to read it themselves. Um, but in the end, I, I really don't want to even have this one on the Cut the Crap podcast feed. Like, really, this one's embarrassing to me. There's really no value from this book. So, um, you know, for whatever value there is on here, I mean, I I hope that there's something on here that you can take away from it. Even if it's just one thing, I hope you can take it away from it. But um, if I run into a crappy book again, do you want me to share it on the podcast? Or did you maybe want me to send an email to you guys and let you guys know that I read this book and it didn't work? Um, Let me know what you guys think. I'm interested in your feedback, obviously, on this because this podcast, as it continues to grow and continues to evolve, it's being shaped by you guys. The feedback that you provide to me is shaping this podcast, and we're just starting the podcast. I mean, I'm only on episode 27. I've only been doing this for a little over six months now, so you guys are shaping this podcast. Any feedback you give to me, I'm taking it very seriously. So let me know what you guys think about this, um, and uh, and I'll definitely keep that in mind for uh, the next time I run across a crappy book. All right, you guys, before we close it for today, don't forget to go to cutthecrappodcast.com. Sign up for your weekly summaries. I don't know if you want the summary for this podcast, but, I mean, maybe some of my ad libs and maybe the golden nugget from Modern Earth Web Design is of value to you, so you can at least download that and read that over as well, too. But for future episodes that do add a lot of value, definitely go to cutthecrappodcast.com and sign up for those summaries. They are greatly valuable to you. I use them all the time, so I want to make sure you have access to that as well, too. Thank you so much, you guys, for tuning in today. I'm sorry I couldn't bring you guys more value. I'll make sure I bring way more value to you guys next week. And if I run into a crappy book, I'm just not going to share it because I can't do two weeks in a row of this. So next week, I'll bring you guys a brand new business book with awesome golden nuggets. I promise. Guys, have a great, great week. I'll talk to you guys next week. I love you guys. Take it easy. And even though you face disappointments, you have to know within yourself that I can do this, even if no one else sees it for me, I must see it for myself. This is what I believe, and I'm willing to die for it, period. No matter how bad it is, or how bad it gets, I'm going to make it. I want to represent an idea. I want to represent possibilities. And some of you right now, you want to be, you know what I'm saying? You want to go to the next level. I want to counsel. You know, I want to be an engineer. I want to be a doctor. Listen to me. You can't get to that level. You can't get to the level economically where you want to be until you start investing in your mind. You're not reading books. I'm challenging y'all to go to conferences. I dare you to invest time. I dare you to be alone. I dare you to spend an hour getting to know yourself. When you become who you are, when you become the person that you were created to be, designed to be who you were designed to be, when you become an individual, what you do is you take yourself and you start separating yourself from other people. I tell you to get to a place where people don't like you, it don't even bother you no more. Why? Because you're not concerned with trying to make them happy because you're trying to blow up. You're trying to get to the next level. I need you to invest in your mind. Invest in your mind. 
you still talk about your dream, if you still talk about your goal, but you have not done anything, just take the first step. That you can make your parents proud, you can make your school proud, you can touch millions of people's lives, and the world will never be the same again because you came this way. Don't let nobody steal your dream. After we face a rejection and a no, or we have a meeting and no one shows up, or somebody say, you can count on me, and they don't come through. What if we have that kind of attitude, the cards repossessed, nobody believes in you, you've lost again and again and again, the lights are cut off, but you're still looking at your dream, reviewing it every day and saying to yourself, it's not over until I win. You can live your dreams!